0: Whether we're talking about the fear of failure or anything else holding you back, confidence is the key to unleashing your power. Welcome to Confident with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. The world needs confident, inclusive leaders who embrace diversity to rise up. The time is now. Join us.
1: Welcome to episode 10, Be Fearless.
0: Welcome, welcome everyone. So Liv, I just read this great article in the Harvard Business Review and I wanna talk about it. It's about women and leadership. And during the COVID-19 crisis, we've heard anecdotally about women leaders doing a better job and this new research backs it up. One study found that outcomes related to COVID-19, including number of cases and deaths, were systematically better in countries led by women. And I know that
1: another looked at governors in the U.S. and similarly found that states with female leaders had lower fatality rates.
0: But it goes beyond that. In this article, in this study where women outscored men on most leadership competencies, the key was employee engagement. Employees want leaders who are able to pivot and learn new skills, who emphasize employee development even when times are tough who display honesty and integrity, and who are sensitive and understanding of the stress, anxiety, and frustration that people are feeling right now. And this study showed that these traits are more often
1: being displayed by women. So ladies, let's continue to break the stereotypes of what a leader looks and acts like, because our world needs us now more than ever.
0: Absolutely. And today's guest is a perfect example. She is a fearless young CEO.
1: Alexa Curtis is the 23-year-old founder and CEO of Life Unfiltered with Alexa, a lifestyle website and podcast for teens and parents discussing topics such as social media and mental health. Of course, you may be familiar with her from her radio Disney show called Fearless Every Day with Alexa Curtis.
0: So welcome to Confident, Alexa. Hi, guys. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. We're so excited to have a fellow Connecticut uh, resident, or you're originally from Connecticut, you now live in LA, and I understand that there may be a move in the works as well, but we're so thrilled to connect with you.
2: I know, Connecticut is such a great place, so I'm so glad also to meet other people from Connecticut.
0: Yeah, so let's just, let's just jump into the interview, and I'd love to start by asking you, Alexa, if there's anything not on your bio that we should all know about you.
2: Oh my gosh, good question. I don't Think so that I can think of I feel like that's that covers everything but maybe as we talk I'll remember like unique other things about myself that I don't remember right now <laughs> great good so you
1: started a fashion blog at just 12 years old which is incredible what inspired you to start so young
2: yes yeah, so I started that blog back in 2011 I'm from you guys obviously know Connecticut but a super small town so over closer to Boston and I never really fit in. I had a pretty traumatic childhood and basically decided to start that blog as an outlet for myself to overcome a lot of things that I was dealing with personally that so many young people deal with. And luckily I really just put a lot of hard work and effort into it, but I certainly didn't start it with the intention of it becoming anything.
0: And, but you, it did become (laughs) something, which is so incredible because soon after you then transitioned your blog into a full lifestyle platform now called Life Unfiltered, which includes the new Unfiltered podcast, which is a weekly call-in show. So can you talk about your entrepreneurial spirit? Again, you're kind of glossing over it, but at age 12, (laughs) you started your blog and then transformed it into a a business. Um, Kind of talk about the entrepreneurial spirit of, of that move and any advice you have to young women who are interested in starting up their own business.
2: Oh, absolutely. So I'll tackle the first part first. And I think it really is quite unique, my journey, but also obviously people who find me now think that this is kind of how I started. And it's really not like that. I started the blog and this was before blogging was even a thing. So I would just, and it was initially a fashion blog, contact different companies and pretty much lie to my parents and just like find people to drive to New York or take the train and started getting invited to fashion week, really because I think people felt bad for me. So People would be like, sure, you can come to the shows or, okay, like, I don't know who you are, but I only had such a small following. And it was really, I think just my fearlessness to email and reach out. And then as that kind of kind of started to grow, I started to be approached to do different speaking talks and then started to do and pitch a lot of TV segments and did a lot in Connecticut, like Fox, Connecticut, and then started to figure out how to make money just by I would email brands and ask if they wanted to go on the segment. And then it was about uh, when I turned 16 and I started struggling with an eating disorder and then getting more into the field of mental health. And I think just really growing into myself and being authentic that I started talking about more serious topics, Uh, started my own podcast, which then helped me land a show on Radio Disney, which I also secured and pitched and then got just pretty well known, like authentically over a decent period of years in that sphere of speaking to young adults and whatnot. And so Now, yes, I I do it full time and Radio Disney recently closed, but I'm really focused on the summit program and the new podcast. But my advice for people who want to be entrepreneurs is to do it because you love it. Don't go into anything with an intention of fame or money, because I really, really don't think I'd be where I am if I didn't just start it as a hobby. Most people need to make money and don't start blogs at 12, but it's more so would you be willing to stand in front of five people and speak to them? And it's all your friends and family, like the same way that you would speak to 5,000 people. And I find it's those kind of people who are willing to do it, like all or nothing that are really meant to be entrepreneurs.
0: Mm. I, I love that so yeah. much. And there's two things that really stand out to me. The one is just like the sheer hustle, like yeah. you made this happen and you just, it sounds like you did not take no for an answer and you just kept calling people and knocking on doors and, and, and you just, you willed this to happen. And then the second thing is just the authenticity and like just sharing your story and how that's when really your audience started to grow because I think everyone needs that in, in our world of perfectionism, right? Where um, we need people like you just to step out front and just be themselves and 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 it's so relatable. I think it's, a, it's an awesome story. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh my gosh! Thanks. Like, I would say, also, like it's so great to see
2: your guys' dynamic because I didn't really have anyone who was older than me to look up to when I was younger. So I always think it's really great to see people like yourself who have an age difference, but that ability to talk and communicate is so important for young people to see and be close with their family and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. We love it doing this yeah. podcast together. <laughs>
1: And obviously the world looks really different right now because of the pandemic. Um, So how have you been able to pivot or been forced to adapt your Be Fearless
2: Summit during this time? Very unfortunately, I'm not good at tech stuff for what I do for a living. I do not find myself to be good at like the coding and the back end stuff. But I really didn't think I was honestly going to pursue the summit once COVID happened. I got very kind of depressed and anxious for the beginning six months. And then the more that I started to almost get comfortable being at home, I began pitching it out to more universities and was able to get UC Berkeley to kind of come on and do it virtually. And so now I have a call after this with a college, I am just really eager to keep doing it, but learn how to pivot and keep doing it virtually. The last one that I did with UC Berkeley, we did virtually in September Mm -hmm. and I had a company that I paid that helped me put it on virtually. And I think it's so important if you do run a company, especially a startup to utilize your resources, don't feel like you have to do this alone or be stuck in this alone right now, because it's way easier to figure out these pivots when you're getting advice from someone else.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're pushing forward because I know at LiveGirl, we know that amid the pandemic confidence and connection, are more important than ever yeah. so things like your yeah. summit and and your work are are so important i mean we feel the same at live Girl. we've just been pivoting again and again and again and um just you know continuing to persist and make magic happen um so and and one of the main reasons of this beer of your summit is to help facilitate the confidence connection and networking so what's your advice to young women to continuing to do that amid the pandemic
2: utilize resources like LinkedIn and Instagram, but also don't shy away. I'm always someone who really likes writing cards or like more personal emails or especially someone I've worked with in the past. I think not only creating new conversations via like social media or LinkedIn, but also keeping in touch with people who you might've worked with or teachers perhaps that you thought you'd never talk to again. And then you remembered, oh my gosh, this person has this online company. Maybe I can intern for them. So getting out of your comfort zone still, but in a new way, and I hate to say spend more time on your screen. So what I would say is spend more time on your screen, making yourself a better person instead of just scrolling, like utilize the fact that we're now pretty much all on our screens 24 seven in a positive way, instead of letting it take over your life and making you feel depressed or anxious.
0: I think that's great yeah, advice. That's, yeah. And actually what one of my pieces of advice to young women is, We're consuming so much social media, but as voyeurs, right? We're just scrolling, like you said, just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And actually all the research shows. And when we're talking to our young women, that does, that is very isolating and it makes you feel a lot, very alone. Like when you're just seeing, but if you become an active participant and actually stop and just leave a positive post, pass on the positivity, it actually makes you feel much more engaged and connected and positive about, about that experience. So I love that advice. Couldn't agree more.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned your speaking before, but um, you're a national speaker on topics, including how to be fearless, mental health, and social media, which is totally incredible. Um, What's your best piece of advice for young women on those topics?
2: Oh, wow, that's so many topics. Yeah, I know that's covering a lot of ground. (laughs) The first first one would be, again, you know, utilizing social media in a positive way and being aware that just because you unfollow or mute someone, and vice versa if you get unfollowed or someone stops interacting with you to really not take it too seriously um what was the other one you said social media um social
1: media mental health um how to be feel or just anything that you know you speak speak about and that you feel resonates with your audience just if you could speak about that a little bit
2: sure, absolutely and so yeah that's that's what i would say with social media what i would say certainly with the mental health is to Uh, feel comfortable reaching out for help and the stigma surrounding mental health is still there and especially around therapy I speak to unfortunately too many young people who are like I only want to go to therapy if something's wrong and there's nothing wrong and creating those conversations and also realizing that if someone needs help you can be the person to catapult and that's not the right word but be the catalyst to starting those conversations and showing them about your experiences. Uh, And then for being fearless, I always like to say trying one thing a day that's new. And that can be literally trying something different at the grocery store or a different coffee. That can be starting a blog or an Instagram page. Uh, That can also be taking a day off of work or taking a day off of school because you need to, which is something many of us don't do enough.
0: Hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's great advice. Yeah. I, I just want to go back to the mental health for, for a minute because it's such an important topic right now amid the yeah. pandemic. I mean, all of the research is showing us that like 80% of young women are feeling more alone and isolated. Um, and I just I, I want them to know that they're not alone. And you, you just mentioned that. And actually, at LibGirl we've just started a new program called She Cares, which is free one to one mental health mentoring. But um, just what are you seeing out there amid the pandemic with mental health? And, um, you know, just any other advice that you have? So I just want to shout it from the rooftops that, you know, so that young women do not feel alone right now. I appreciate
2: that because so many people do and many people, especially young people, it's very common for them to hide things from their parents or their friends and then they self-harm or they drink or use substances and no one saw it coming. So that being said, that's why I really am such a big advocate for learning how to talk about your feelings. And oddly enough, the older that I get, and though I'm only 23, having been through so much in my life, I've really realized the importance of being able to talk about your feelings and being in touch with them. So that on the days, especially when you're home or you get broken up with or someone doesn't like your picture, you have someone to call or you have a therapist to send a message to or reach out to or a journal because it's there's no way to prove that that someone else is dealing with what you're dealing with. But the more that you can enable yourself to really be in touch with your feelings, you'll realize that everyone is struggling with their own thing. And on social media, it's always a highlight reel. So what you're seeing is quite often not the full picture. And you have to remember that the moments that you get stuck in those like scrolling mentalities and the obsession, that that person with those beautiful glamorous pictures is certainly struggling with something behind the scenes because everyone is.
0: Right,
1: yeah. Mental health awareness really is so important now more than ever, especially when so many people are isolated and quarantined. Crucial. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So on a slightly different note, could you uh, tell us about your favorite podcast interview? Because you've had some really cool interviews.
2: So like, you know, who who's
0: been your favorite or favorite
2: interview? I know the exact answer. Is the founder of Headspace, which is one of my favorite mental health apps, actually Andy Pudicombe, He came on my radio Disney show, Fearless Every Day, and I also circulated that interview on my podcast. I mean, I interviewed so many people, but. As an entrepreneur, quite often, I mean, when I was at Disney, I was interviewing a lot of actresses and musicians and stuff, and that never had the same impact to me that entrepreneurs do because that, I guess I want to say that connection you have with someone who's been through all those trials and tribulations is just really special. And his story, I would encourage anyone who's listening to this, who's down or frustrated to really just look at his story and also look at his age. He didn't go into this to be anything. You know, he runs a billion dollar company now, but he became so successful after 35, as many entrepreneurs do. And it was, again, all those trials and tribulations. He gave up his entire career to like lose everything and go be like, I think he was a Buddhist or something and like Thailand and then came back and kind of pieced together headspace. And it's just awesome. Like those stories are what I live for. Yeah. That's,
0: that's like, incredible. That's yeah. a cool story. I gonna mean, like that yeah. one up. So Alexa, you're kind of, you're more or less in the business of business of inspiring other people, and you've inspired so many people, I'd love to know what inspires you, or who, or what, or, you know, what, where do you, where do you go when you need that fuel to, of creativity and inspiration?
2: Honestly, my job, like this stuff, talking to people, and getting those one-on-one conversations, especially with young people, is really what brings me up, because on the moments that I'm, not feeling the best or having a really rough day, knowing that whatever I'm going through, I'll be able to channel into my work. As odd as that sounds, like whatever happens as positive or negative as it is, I will hopefully be able to help someone with that really helps me get through those moments because I never know when like, for example, whatever, you know, whatever happens or whatever depressed state I'm in, I might have a call two days later and I will know exactly what that young person's going through. And then be able to be that person for them as much as I can be. So I would certainly say that. And then I've also really realized the importance of taking time off and really being there for myself. Uh, And for what I do for a living, that can be really difficult because I do talk to people all day long and I take a lot of, you know, I take a lot of that in uh, almost like a therapist does, but a little bit different. And so there's more times now where I'm just, I will turn my phone off or especially turn social media off. And I don't, feel bad about it.
0: Right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's an empowering yeah. thought.
1: <laughs> and it is so important for teens to have someone to relate to such as yourself. So I do think that is incredible and you know, what's next for you, you know, do you have any, you know, future big plans or
2: anything like that? Yes. Yeah, so my ultimate plan was always to be like an Ellen or an Oprah. So I would still love to get a talk show one day, but aside from that, I know you mentioned at the beginning, Uh, I was living in L.A. for about three and a half years now, and I'm slowly starting to transition to Austin, and I'm really excited here about the small business community, which I don't feel like I had in in L.A., and on top of that, this summit program that I started I think is really going to thrive here because there's so much opportunity for colleges, and so I would like to get to about 10 colleges who are hosting that summit, which would actually probably be like seven years, so I'm in it for the long run and then potentially sell it or just do something bigger with it and really continue to evolve that community. For me, like I had a brand centered around myself for 10 years. And so for me to have something else I'm selling now where like I can be having a bad day but it's not about me at this point. It's about this little baby, like this summit. It's kind of cool because I'm no longer the center of attention. And I I do enjoy that because I feel like I can just a little bit be behind the scenes uh, with that particular company.
0: Yeah. I I think also you've underscored an important thing, which is you've taken risks throughout your career and it's not always a linear path and, you know, taking a risk to move to Austin where there's a different market opportunity is, I think, very exciting as you've described and, um, kudos to you for continuing to take those risks and being brave. And, um, it'll be fun to watch you to see how they pay off. Thank you. But I will always be back with my parents. They still live in
2: Connecticut. So that will always feel <laughs> okay. case.
0: Certainly. That's, that's awesome. Well, we could talk to you all day, Alexa, but we um, we have to transition and close our interview. We always like to close with three wise women questions. They're just kind of fun questions for our audience to get to know you a little bit better. Um, and the first one is, can you share a favorite Netflix or current obsession right now?
2: A current obsession. I'm very excited that Sex in the City is coming back. I know it's <laughs> a little bit older than your demographic, but I'm a huge Sarah. I was going
0: to say that's my demographic. You're too young. T- <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm, I'm excited. I uh, also am excited about Gossip Girl coming back, but I did recently watch a great documentary called The Social Dilemma that's on Netflix that yes. really brings yes. light into social media and how slightly out of control it's gotten. So I think I would suggest every... Especially young person to watch that. And who is your favorite author? I'm obsessed with Michelle Obama. I mean, her biography was phenomenal. Yeah. I know she's not considered per se an author, but I just also got Barack Obama's biography. So I'm really into reading bio like specifically biographies or memoirs by people who have just done really amazing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get to read as often as I wish I did, to be honest, but I also loved. The founder of Nike, Phil Knight, he had a phenomenal book. So, if I'm reading, it's usually along that space of people who I would kind of model parts of myself off of.
0: Mm, those are all great. And Michelle Obama, we, yeah. we stand on Michelle Obama, and she's got a new podcast out. It's all very good. No, oh, I love her. Yeah. <laughs> and last question Who do you consider to be the greatest leader of all time, either living or historical?
2: The greatest living leader of all time? Um, That's a hard question. (laughs) (laughs) Like political or just in life? Like if anyone could be the president. It could
0: be anyone.
2: Oh, I would probably say Sheryl Sandberg, like the CFO of Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, I, I mean, I know like people don't always have the best things to say about the Obamas, but I certainly do feel like his impact on the country and especially his race and being the first black president really made such a big impact. So I would love to continue to to see them do things. Uh, So I'd probably say those two people. Um, Yeah, I'm thinking of like other big founders and stuff who I would love to see lead, but then I like kind of think that they've done some sketchy stuff. So I'm not gonna throw (laughs) the names out, but I I would all stick with them too. Those are safe people.
0: I was gonna say, those are two pretty yeah. incredible leaders. And Cheryl Sandberg, of course, everything she's done with the Lean In organization as well and, and for women. Um, so that's amazing. Thank you so much, Alexa. And we're certainly gonna continue to watch you and be inspired mm-hmm. by you. You're incredible, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And for all of our listeners, thanks for, for checking in. And you wanna tell them where to follow Alexa?
1: Yeah, learn more at www.lifeunfilteredwithalexa.com.
0: And of course, for any of our listeners, follow us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'd love to hear from you as well, any future guests or topics that you'd like us to address.